Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio with Neil Rapp. Here we go. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Call in. Let's talk. Neil's your guy. Ham Talk Live. Here we go on Ham Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 202, the latest kits recorded live on Thursday, March 5th, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB. We'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show, Marshall, um, or Maxwell, sorry, where did I come up with Marshall? I typed that on the script. Maxwell Zines, WM4TH, was here to talk about his fraternity's ham radio club. And if you missed that show, you ought to give it a listen. It's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, you can catch that at hamtalklive.com or your favorite podcast app or YouTube, and you can hear about uh, how they got that... Uh, shack set up in the in the fraternity um, you can also catch rebroadcasts of the show on wtww that's 5085 a.m saturday evenings at about 6 30 p.m eastern time so tonight we're back to kit building our um our our um let's see i i don't know the right word to say our 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 occasional recurring visit from Joe, I guess, was what I'll say for now. Uh, but uh, get your kit building questions ready to go. We'll talk to him. Uh, if you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call after the interview. Um, and the number, the new number, 859 Again, the phone number to call so you can have it ready to go, 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter, and I'll be back with Joe right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on HamTalkLive. Is this getting serious? I think so. Well, how do you feel about it? Just imagine if you hadn't run out of PL259s. Just imagine if your connectors weren't from Tower Electronics. Consider the sophisticated quality of connectors from Tower Electronics. Their silver-plated end connectors are so good, they've even been used on the International Space Station. 
I'm not so sure why I ever used any other PL259s. Mine are better. Besides, you deserve the best. You know I love you. Don't be caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics at a ham fest near you. Or visit them online anytime at pl-259.com. Or call 920-435-2973. They also have ham sticks, mobile antennas, and meters, too. See the whole catalog. Go to pl-259.com. Tower Electronics, the ham's dime store since 1978. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Yesterday, my XYL said she'd leave me if I didn't give up ham radio. Over. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show again tonight. They help bring Ham Talk Live your way each and every week. And this weekend, they are in familiar territory for me. They're down in Cave City, Kentucky on Saturday. And then they'll be in the Toledo area in Maumee, Ohio on the 15th. And then April 18th, they'll be in Stoughton, Wisconsin up near Madison. But you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, is from Lincoln, Nebraska, and is well-known for his kit-building expertise. He's also well-known for his picture shows of the Dayton Hamvention. He's the longtime kit-building editor at CQ Magazine, and often makes presentations and offers kit-builds at Hamfests, conventions and club meetings joe started ham radio at an early age and has been licensed since 1969 and he's also known for his famous dr seuss hat at dayton so uh, we're glad to have joe back on the show as we do from time to time so thanks for coming on joe well thank you neil it's always a a pleasure and an honor to be on your show well, you've got some new kits to talk about, and we've actually got some some tweets already for you. So we'll we'll get to those in a little bit. But uh, first, uh, I know uh, I saw you over at St. Louis, over at Collinsville, and uh, you were talking about some new kits. So, uh, what new kits are you going to tell us about tonight? Well, I'm going to talk about a couple of them. One is from qrpguys.com. And what it is, is it's a DSB digital transceiver. And it puts out about 5 watts, and it's used to primarily do FT8. And it comes with band modules for 20, 30, and 40 meters. And it goes together relatively easily, but there are some toroids you're going to have to wind. There's there's two toroids on every band plug-in and two on the main board. Uh, but it goes together pretty nice, and, and once I got mine together, I could easily hear the FT8 signals. However, I had a problem with a close local broadcast station, so I used a filter that's put out by the four-state QRP group, which took care of that real nicely. Um it works quite well and uh, a lot of fun to uh, put together. But the unique thing about this one is the uh, STL file, which is kind of a recipe for 3D printers, is offered on the website. So you can download that file. Somebody has taken the time to carefully do a CAD design of the case and then make it into a 3D printer file. And I printed the two pieces of the case 
on my 3D printer. So this is the first time I've actually built a kit and printed the case to go with it. And uh, it looks great. It's about the size of almost like a deck of cards. And uh, the case went together real nicely. And all it takes is four little screws and it holds it all together. Uh, in fact, the way the case is constructed, uh, it has a hole for the band card, so you can leave it screwed together, but you can unplug and change the band cards so that uh, uh, all it is is a quickie module change, and you can change bands with it. So kind of a fun kit. I think it's something in the $40, $40 range, so it's not real expensive and goes together real nicely. Well, that's pretty um, yep. cool when you print your own case yeah this is this is something i've i've always wanted to do and a lot of the uh, kit makers are now starting to come up with some of these uh, 3d printer files to do that now a lot of people when when you talk about a 3d printer say oh yeah bang it's all done they think like a star trek uh, uh replicator but it's not and it's it's a 3D printer. We'll we'll just kind of mention is is much like a plotter, but it's in 3D. Uh, so the head goes back and forth and up and down, and it does it a layer at a time. And so to print this case, I think it was a couple hours to do one piece and about three or four hours to do the other piece. So it it doesn't go real instantly, but the finished product is very strong and very good looking. Well, that, that's that's pretty cool. I I know you like the uh, the circuit board material being the case too because of the shielding and that kind of thing. But but I I'm kind of liking that whole 3D print thing uh, where where you don't even have to get the case. You just uh, you just print it. That's cool. Exactly. Uh, but you're right. Uh, the four state QRP group is known for the kits that have three, uh, uh, not 3D, but uh, PC board uh, cases that are already printed, drilled, and marked. So that all you do is solder them together and it becomes one integrated, very strong double shielded case. Uh, which brings me to the next kit. And if you remember, I talked uh, several years ago and up to last year about the series of cricket kits that were put out by the Four State QRP group. And what those were uh, and still are is it's made from a regular PC board, but using PC board material, you can put a straight key on the kit and it, it becomes a transceiver uh, putting out about a watt. They have them for 80, 40, and 30 meters. And it's crystal controlled on the QRP frequency. But uh, the the beauty of them is it has an on-off switch and uh, no volume control or anything like that and runs on a 9-volt battery. And the cool thing about the Cricut kits is you don't have to wind a toroid because the coils, all the inductors, are spiral wound pre-printed on the circuit board which i think is a stroke of genius by uh four state qrp designer david kripe nm0s now uh to go along with these three transceivers everybody said well wouldn't it be nice to have a keyer and so what he came up with is totally ingenious 
there is no firmware, no software or anything in this. That's because it's a quad NOR gate and a JK flip-flop. And then there's a, an optocoupler and there's a, a speed pot. And the paddles themselves are actually made from thinner PC board material as are the, uh, the two uh, kind of eccentric circle things that are used to adjust the spacing of each side of the paddle. And it has a, a little LED in there. And it uses another piece of circuit board as the support for the paddles. And when you see this, you're going to look at it and say, wow, that is so cool. And it is a keyer. Uh, you can adjust the speed from pretty slow, around five words a minute, all the way up to about 20-something. And it works really, really well. Uh, it will be the build-a-thon kit. For Ozarkon. So if you go to ozarkon.com, you can register to attend the four state QRP annual convention in Branson, Missouri, which is the first weekend in April. And on that Friday evening, we're going to have a group kit build, and it's this Crick Key, is what it's called, uh, will be the kit for the four state QRP build a thon. And because I've already built it, I'm going to be one of the uh, helpers that walks around. And we usually have between 40 and 50 builders. So we're going to have a lot of people building this all at once. And so instead of trying to keep up with building mine at the same time as helping people near me, I'm going to be able to devote my entire time to helping people build and uh, use mine as the example. Now, they're going to supply a 9-volt battery and some screws and washers and spacers so that this can be mounted onto a uh, small piece of wood. And this is uh, a piece of pine uh, that they gave me. And uh, you just position it so it's comfortable on the board, and then you draw some, some holes. And I just drilled tiny little uh, eighth-inch or quarter-inch pilot holes. So the screws go right in, and it holds it nice and tight, and it really, really looks well and performs well. Now, the builders are going to get a sounder that plugs into the output of this. Uh, while mine was a, a beta test, so I did not have the sounder, but all of them have an LED on them that will flash so that you know if it's working or not. But the Crick Key, I don't know what the final price of it is going to be, but um, I think it's going to be a popular kit. Now, one of the neat features of it is things like the diodes. There are three diodes in it, a little one in 914s, and they're all in a row, and they all face the same way. So they're right next to each other. The resistors, every resistor in it but one is the same value. So all you do is you put the oddball in first, and then all the rest of the resistors are all same. Uh, it is designed to be put together by a first-time kit builder. And to be honest, I, I was really astonished at how well it worked. And so the Crick Key is going to be the hit of Ozarkon. And after Ozarkon, it will be available at 4SQRP.com. And we recommend that you don't do the same thing with your kit at Ozarkon as they do with the rolls at Lambert's Restaurant down the road. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, you don't want it tossed around. But I'll you tell don't you want what, it Lambert's, tossed all the way across the room. <laughs> Lambert's is fun. Lambert's is fun. I'm just not a real good catch. So uh, I got to go uh, a couple of years ago, and and it was is quite the experience. Uh, and yep. and the, and they just throw the rules all the way across the room at you, and sometimes you get them, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think I think I I definitely prove that I'm not a catcher for baseball. But uh, uh, when you snag one of those rolls, that is really good, and they're hot too. So you got to oh, yeah. kind of watch out. So don't throw your kits. Throw you throw the rolls. Don't throw the kits. You bet. And, All right. Got uh, any more? Uh, well, there's another one. But I'm, I haven't started on it yet, but I'll talk about it briefly. And what okay. it is, is it's a, another FT8 transceiver. And this one uh, is single sideband, and I think it puts out a little more power and uh, a little more filtering and, and a few more features to it. But uh, like the other one, it uses your audio in and out from your, your computer and goes directly in and uses a Vox circuit so that when the tones hit it, uh, it instantly keys the relay and switches it into the transmit mode, just like this little QRP guys one. Um, and I have some other little kits I'll talk about, uh, after the break. And okay. I have, I have to tell you, uh, kits are still being designed. Now I have to also tell you that it is getting more difficult to get some parts and we can talk about that as well. And and one thing I wanted to ask you about, and it was a little bit of a setup because I ran into this problem ordering kits here recently, um, is have you heard any supply issues? You know, the the, the coronavirus is, is the topic of discussion right now. Um, maybe too much, but... <laughs> We won't go there, but you know, there's a, there's a concern there. And, and so, uh, you know, some of the plants shut down and, and, and there's concerns about importing and that kind of thing. Have you had any, um, any word on how the kit supplies from some of those Chinese versions of kits are, are going? Well, actually the boards that are in some of these kits come from there and, uh, in talking with David recently at uh, the Hamfest in Iowa last weekend, uh, there are delays in getting both individual components and PC boards, and the delays will continue for the uh, for the foreseeable future. So it's going to be a, a bit inconvenient for a while uh, finding certain components, uh, as some of them that's the only place they're made. So, um, like they're talking about iPhones might be in short supply. Well, also, uh, certain ICs and transistors and circuit boards and other things like that, uh, might be difficult for a while, but yes, that has slowed down the development of some new kits coming from four state QRP that I'm not even allowed to talk about. Uh Oh, we have to have the cone of silence here, but, uh, yeah, I, I've I've noticed that. Um, I did get some good news. Supposedly, the kits that I ordered are supposed to be arriving in England yet this week. Uh, but I ordered the kits for Youth on the Air Camp right at the end of January, 
And I ordered them through a company in England who was getting them from their supplier in China. And so we got three just to try them out and test them out and show them off. And I, I think you saw that kit, uh, there at, uh, the youth on the air booth over in St. Louis. And, um, so I put in the order for 30 of them and, um, they got back ordered. So <laughs> we were kind of wondering if we should, you know, go with a backup plan. And as soon as I said, should we start thinking about a backup plan? I got an email saying they're, they're back open again. The stuff's starting to ship and we should have it by the end of the week. And then we'll ship it over to you, uh, from England. So, um, I also was in RNL last week, I think it was, and they said that they had seen some delays, but stuff was starting to trickle back in. So, um, so hopefully it won't be too bad of a delay, but, but there are some delays on, on some things, uh, coming in that, that go through China. So, yeah, that um, direction just finding to talk kit, about that. Yeah. That direction yeah. finding kit is, is a lot of fun. And it's something they can take home and and practice with. Yeah, and and I don't even think I told you about this. Um, some of the guys in that are really big into ARDF are, are helping us out with this, and they they've run the the championships and everything. Um, they have designed a four dollar kit that's going to be a seventy five meter fox it's going to be a little little transmitter and and it's a 15 minute build and and so we're kind of keeping that as a rain delay project um but uh if we don't uh, have time to build it we're at least going to send it home with the kids so they can uh, build it at home and uh, and they'll have a transmitter to practice with too that sounds great in fact i'd like to see one of those when you guys are all done yeah, and I know they uh, they ordered a few extra boards just in case, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to get you that information. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and then we'll come back. We'll talk uh, more with Joe about this stuff, and we'll start uh, taking your tweets and your calls at eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three. And uh, we'll be talking kits here with Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilogram or just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz and a large 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply. It has sideband, CW, AM, FM, and full D-Star functions, a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, micro SD card slot, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, and the speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. The perfect accessory for your IC705 is the optional backpack, LC192, with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just 
a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. ICOM America brings Ham Talk Live your way each and every week. Be sure to check them out at icomamerica.com slash amateur and check out Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at hamtalklive.com and look us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your calls now. If you have a question for Joe, give us a call right now. The number to call is 859-982-7373. Again, 859-982-7373. Or you can tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive. If you're listening to us on WTWW or the podcast edition, I'm sorry, but we're not here. This is a replay if you're listening to us there. Um, so... Uh, give us a call if you're listening live, 859-982-7373. Now, we've got a few things I know you wanted to comment a little bit about uh, some of your your um, places to get some parts and that kind of thing. So um, I think you wanted to say a couple of words here, Joe, so go right ahead. Yeah, first off, uh, a good temperature-controlled soldering station is a must. I know a lot of people will buy one of those 6 or $7 Radio Shack irons when they had them at Radio Shack, or now they get them at Harbor Freight. And they're not regulated. And so the problem with that is, is that they get too hot or too cold, and you're not going to get the kind of connection that you really want. So what you want is a thermostatically controlled, not just variable, but thermostatically controlled soldering iron. And most of those cost in the $120 range or so. But there's one that sells around the $60 range that's put out by Xtronic USA. And uh, I like using it because it has a digital display of the temperature and it can be displayed in Fahrenheit or Celsius. And it holds the temperature steady plus or minus 2 degrees Celsius, which is what you would use for commercial soldering. And it uses the same tips as a series of HACO irons, so the tips are very easy to come by as well. The Xtronic USA uh, soldering station also has a spindle holder that holds your roll of solder. Now, in my case, uh, that keeps it from becoming a cat toy. So it gives it a place <laughs> to hold the, the roll of solder. It doesn't get knocked off the table. And it also has two different tip cleaners. It has a sponge, and then it has a, uh, a brass, uh, brass cup that also has flux in there to keep your tip tinned and, and nice and clean. And so the Xtronic USA 
uh, iron can be either gotten at extronicusa.com. Uh, you can find them on their eBay store or through Amazon. And surprisingly, they are distributed right out of the west side of Lincoln, Nebraska, right here. And I've gotten to visit their facility once and uh, try out some of their stuff and bring a couple home. And they, they are very well put together and great people to work with. And I know they have donated more than generously to your Youth on the Air camp that's coming up at VOA. And yeah, they are to be sure thanked have. profusely for that. I think that is the most wonderful thing. Yeah, well, which I found out about it from you being here on the show. And, and you know, we were looking into soldering stations because we need 30 of them. And, and so we were kind of scrounging around trying to figure out, okay, are we going to try to borrow some? What are we, what are we going to do? And, and um, I, I wrote them and, you know, tried to find out about a, a cheaper model that they used to have that's now discontinued and, and see if maybe they could give us a bulk discount. And, and so we got to talking and uh, they just decided, hey, this is a great opportunity to, to help out uh, some kids getting started in kit building. And we're just going to send you 30 of these. So uh, we got a couple of cases of those things and I'm looking forward to getting them out and, and uh, hooking them up. And uh, also before the show, got a, a tweet from Jacob, KG7EQN. Um, who says uh, he's a podcast listener and please thank Joe for the tip on the extronic soldering station on your last visit to ham talk live. A good soldering iron is a must for kit building. So, so uh, you're getting the word out for him, Joe. <laughs> yes, I am. And uh, I'm glad he enjoys them. And, and like I said, uh, whenever I give a seminar, I always tell people that, uh, if your first experience with kit building is frustrating or it doesn't work and it just doesn't seem to go right, uh, especially if you're using the wrong tools, um, you're never going to build another kit again. You're never going to try it again. And so we want to make that experience worthwhile and make sure that they walk out with something that works. Now, we, we did a group kit build in Orlando for the Orlando Amateur Radio Club on Wednesday night. Uh, the night before set up at the ham fest and i think we had 12 builders and of course they all walked home with a working uh, wall wart tamer which is a power supply kit and it's a, a neat kit you can put ac or dc into it and you get a regulated uh one and a half to about 16 and a half volts coming out of it and very well filtered so it takes uh crummy laptop power supplies and you just cut the plug off and solder the leads uh, or tin the leads and uh, put them on the end of the board and that's your input so you already have a power supply that can put out quite a bit and you get about one and a half amps out of that one. And that one comes from qrpkits.com. So you can look for the Walwart Tamer version 2 on their site. And it's not very expensive. I think it's about $20. Um, I'd like to recommend solder. And uh, I can't emphasize this enough. I use 6337 uh, solder. It's not 6040. Uh, it is called eutectic solder. But 60. 337 is the mixture. It flows a lot better, it looks a lot better, and it's a lot easier to work with when you're soldering by hand. 
And I use, of course, rosin core, and no clean is the best because otherwise you get the the brown uh, uh, flux spots. And the no clean, uh, the residue is either non-existent or it's clear. So 6337031 thickness or 025 thickness. Uh, rosin core no clean is my doctor's prescription for the best solder to use. Yeah, so we've got the soldering irons and we've got the solder and then you need connectors. That's right. And and what's nice is a lot of the major ham fests I go to, you're going to see uh, uh, Scott and Jill from Tower Electronics. And they have about all the plugs, jacks, connectors, switches, buttons that you could possibly need when you're putting together a kit and you want to make it into a nice case and and have nice uh, controls, plugs, jacks, and so on. They're the place I go for those as well as the adapters needed. So there you go. There's, there's some good stuff that you can uh, get for all of your kit building needs. So... Uh, we'll put those recommendations out, uh, whenever Joe's on here and, and, and also you, you can't forget the towel or paper plate for the parts. Oh, definitely. Well, what I do, uh, when I'm taking my pictures, I use a towel, but, uh, uh, I use a tray from a tackle box, uh, to sort my parts in and that keeps them all nice and neat and it lets me snap it closed when I'm away from it so once again the enemy of all kit builders in this house it is Newton and Tesla um, don't get into my parts <laughs> when you got a cat that weighs 19 pounds you definitely want to keep it closed and as we know the earth isn't flat because if it was everything would have been pushed off of it by a cat by now exactly um, so <laughs> <laughs> so yes i i always recommend having a container for your parts that you can snap close because that way uh when you take a break everything's going to be there when you get back and neil um sometime i'll sit down with you and we'll we'll throw together some other kits and uh in person and we'll we'll see how they go together uh another one i'm playing with uh i mentioned it in one of my articles is a Tesla coil. I think it sells for about $12 or so. And it's a very simple Tesla coil, but it has an audio input jack. And if you hook that to the audio out from a radio or MP3 player or something, um, it uses the high voltage arc as an arc speaker. And so it's kind of an interesting little <laughs> thing. And I'm going to be putting that together in the near future as well. But like I said, our kit designer has not stopped, and he has something that when he told me what it was, I was just just about flabbergasted that this is going to be uh, beyond the crick key, the, the next kit from the four-state QRP group. I can't say anything, but the uh, preliminaries on it will be revealed at OzarCon in Branson uh, first weekend in April. Okay, well, there you go. Another reason to go. Well, the phone number here is 859-982-7373. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, 859-982-7373, give us a call. And I think we got caught up on everything but one tweet. 86TW Thomas uh, has an interesting question for you, and it's not kit building. 
Okay. Um, he is interested in SDR, and he wants to ask you about your rig. Okay. Well, uh, what I use as my main radio here in the shack is an ICOM 7610, and along with it, I have an IC7300, both of which are full SDR. And uh, um, uh, I really enjoy both immensely. Uh, they've been a great reference radio, especially while I've uh, been building kits. Tells me if I'm on frequency and so forth. And, of course, making lots of contacts, including I got at least one through to South Orkney Island, uh, VP8 Papa Juliet, uh, which just ended its operation, I think, tonight. And uh, so it's always good to uh, get through to a de-expedition and get a new country. But uh, the one I use, like I said, is the 7610 is the primary radio, and the secondary is the 7300. Well, you one-upped me because I tried to get South Orkney this afternoon. I tried for about an hour and and didn't have any luck, at, and it just got by me. In fact, I don't even think they were supposed to be on today. I think today was a late ad, and they were getting ready to shut down tonight. But um, I, I had an hour, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go try it at least because uh, uh, I've been so busy I hadn't had time to, to get them in, and so I missed them, so... I guess I'll I'll have to get them next trip, which will be maybe at the top of the sunspot cycle. Who knows? <laughs> it, it would be nice because this one this one was probably one of the weaker ones that I've tried to work, and it's just the propagation. Yeah. Yep. Well, hopefully it's on the way up soon. So give us a call. We have clear propagation on the phone lines it's 859-982-7373 all kinds of people in the in the chat tonight on spreaker we've got uh jill uh jill's in here and and said that you were going to be the uh the the kit build school mom going around checking everybody make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do uh she's kd8qga and chris a4cb is in here bonnie joe's in here uh, let's see. We also have John W4USF. Um, so thanks for, uh, joining us tonight, John, and, uh, all kinds of stuff. Oh, and Troy W9KVR is here too. So we've got all kinds of people over in the Spreaker chat tonight. So thanks for, uh, for hanging out with us tonight. But if you have a question, uh, now's the time to call. It's 859 982 7373 or uh, tweet us at ham talk live and chris a4cb says orlando was a great kit build session so chris really enjoyed that and that, that sounds like a really useful thing these wall warts are are murder yeah and um the story behind why i chose that is because my my most of my life career has been in it hardware and I, I fix printers and hardware. I'm not the one who's going to fix your email. I'm the one who's going to put a new power supply in or fix your printer. And one of the things I've had to do is decommission laptops, especially now when they're switching from Windows 7 to Windows 10. So we take the hard drive out and we copy their data and install it on a new machine. So we end up with a pile of laptops that are going to get recycled. And I tell the guys, whatever you do, don't throw out those darn power supplies. 
So they put those in a box, and there's one box in the garage at work that I can't lift, <laughs> and so I'm going to have to filter out the supplies and put them in smaller boxes to take them home. And so what I've been able to do is I've been able to donate to each kit builder a used laptop supply. And all I do is I cut the plug off the end and uh, strip the leads out and tin them. And they go into the two uh, terminal pieces on the end of the board. And so uh, I'm able to do a good turn for the environment by uh, reusing laptop power supplies and turning them into something very useful. Like if you have a kit that runs on six volts, well, we can produce six volts with this. Uh, if it needs nine volts, you can do that. It goes anywhere from about one and a half or one and a quarter volts up to about 16 and a half. So um, it was great to see uh, Chris and Bonnie. In fact, he recorded some video of the uh, kit build experience I did in Orlando. And I've already talked to um, Orlando, and we're going to do another kit next year uh, on Wednesday night once again for their club. So we're going to have a kind of a fun experience again for the local people there that are going to be so busy putting on the ham fest, but they get to sit down with me uh, when they're not under pressure to put on the ham fest and actually build something they can take home. Well, sounds like a, a great idea all the way around so uh i'm sure they'll be looking forward to that and and you get a chance to to make use of those old power supplies i've i've, I've got a couple of them here maybe i need to just bring those to you um well you could but uh actually i'd like to <laughs> sit down with you and have you put together one of these kits uh i think jill put one together in um uh peoria and so she has a power supply that she can power anything with. I know people that use these to charge their handhelds or to uh, power uh, electronic clock kits and and other neat things. Uh, I think somebody I, I saw used one to power a Nixie uh, kit. And that's something I need to do sometime. I want to build one of those uh, steampunk type uh Nixie tube clock kits. I think that would be kind of a fun addition to the shack. Yeah, that sounds like a a cool one. And yeah, I remember I had one of those wall warts that had the slide switches on it, and you could you could pick the voltage and switch the polarity and everything. And I just thought that was the greatest thing. You just tune in whatever you want. Yeah. Now this one has a little trim pot that you do that with. But what I tell people is, once you get it home, it's got holes on the corners, and you can mount it into a box, and then you can get one of those little uh, $5 voltmeter things. It's like three digits. It's, it's like a little Chinese meter that has two or three wires on it, and it powers from it as well. And so you could put that on the front panel and a 5K pot so that instead of having to adjust with a screwdriver you have a nice knob and you can adjust the voltage that way so that your power supply uh becomes like a little bench supply yeah that's that's a pretty cool thing yeah uh chris actually in the chat says that uh he has linked to that video on youtube so i will copy that and paste it into the uh show description here so that you can uh, go watch that video if you liked uh, after the show 
um, it'll be in the uh, in the podcast description. So we'll we'll get that so you can uh, you can watch that. Well, Joe, the the clock. Speaking of clocks, is telling me that we're out of time once again. So um, any any last things here before we go? Well, Neil, uh, I wish you the best of luck with the youth on the air uh, in Ohio. Uh, I visited the Voice of America facility recently in December, and it's uh, absolutely ideal for this. And uh, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, uh, you've got it going there, and I think uh, it's going to be a great time. And uh, I'm sure they're going to build lots of nice kits there. Yeah, we we've got two uh on the books already and uh should be a a really good time. Uh registration closes in 10 days, so if you know someone who uh is between 15 and 25 that uh is a licensed ham, uh have them apply at youthontheair.org and um, yeah. get and get your name my- in there. My upcoming speaking engagements includes the Lincoln Ham Fest right here, less than a mile from my house, and that's also the Nebraska State ARL Convention, and that is on the 14th on Saturday, so that's a a week from this Saturday, and then I will be appearing uh, um, at a few other ham fests as well, including the uh, International DX convention in Visalia, california late in april and of course oh, yeah. at hamvention yeah so can't, we'll see can't at forget hamvention and and visalia those are two yeah. very I, very good this will be my first to visalia and of course huntsville yeah and uh, always enjoy uh getting to see you at huntsville because we have a little time to talk <laughs> the date yeah, we never have time to talk but we have yeah, time it's a little, to, it's a to lot socialize more relaxed. that's why i yeah. like huntsville yeah well joe thank you so much and uh find joe at one of these uh these ham fests that he goes to and, and uh get some of his experience uh he's uh he's done so many of these kits for so many years and He's he's been through it all, so he can uh, tell you all of the uh, little tips and tricks to to making it all work, and uh, it's it's well worth your time. So, Joe, thanks for coming on, and we'll be talking again in a few months, I'm sure. You bet, Neil. And seventy threes from Lincoln, Nebraska. All right. Well, that is a wrap for this week's Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Joe Eisenberg, K Zero N E B. And everybody out there in cyberspace for typing in tonight and listening. And I invite you back next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And our list of upcoming guests, you can find that at hamtalklive.com. As soon as uh, I know, I put it up there. So uh, you will know as well if you go over there and look. Also, again, a a reminder, Carol Perry, uh, WB2MGP, is accepting nominations for the Young Ham Lens a Hand Contest. So if you know a young ham age 19 or younger um, who has lended a hand, uh, it could be, you know, service, volunteerism, mentoring, uh, just a young ham that's lended a hand to someone else, um, nominate them. 
send it to wb2mgp at gmail.com before the end of April and the winner uh, will receive a hundred dollar cash prize at the Dayton Hamvention Youth Forum. So um, make sure you nominate your favorite young person and him or her will get a hundred dollars if they win. So uh, be sure to send those again. Whiskey Bravo to Mike Golf Papa at gmail.com is the address. And if you like Ham Talk Live, please leave us a review. That helps us out. And um, I'll see you next week. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Don't